Hi, John. <clears throat> Hi, Merlin. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. I, wa- I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. <clears throat> wasn't sure what was going on there for a second. John, you rarely need to explain yourself to me. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm not gonna say. I almost said never, but <laughs> no. Every once in a while, sure. I'm not. I'm mean, gonna keep what a card the in the hole. What you know? are you doing? What are you? Oh man, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Woo! Woof! I uh, a friend uh, signed me up or sent me an invitation to a, a group on Facebook that uh, because we're that age. Hey, there's a face on Facebook. You like? <laughs> uh, you know, an acquaintance of mine faced me. It's a uh, it's a site that focuses on like old school ski industry uh, stuff. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I used to work on the riblets back in the seventies and well, all like that. like the kind of like you know, but like you, you might one might get into like vintage guitar gear or yeah. stuff yeah. like that, right? It's a yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like a uh, it's a specialist group. If you ever you know if you ever free dogged, for instance. Anyway, okay, I, signed, well, I mean, like, I, I don't see anything weird about that. No, it's fun. That's what Facebook is for. Well, yeah. But so, so it's I, uh, so I posted a picture of myself when I was like ten years old skiing, and it was I was in a race. It was a you know it was a spring a ski race season, and uh, halfway down the race course, you know, just hauling balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goggles. I didn't wear a hat <laughs> because it was a because it was a spring day. And my goggles just gradually started slipping down my face until they were in front of my eyes and I couldn't see. And then they fell down. And right at the moment that they fell below my eyes but hadn't yet fallen off my face, uh, a uh, like a race course side photographer commemorated the, the moment. Like you were on Big Thunder Mountain. And it was, and it, and this was a person that had been hired by the ski team. Like, get a great action shot right here at this cool, you know, cool gate, and and uh, so, of course, my dad uh, bought the picture and had it framed. And uh, for for years, I was very embarrassed by it. Um, but then, of course, later on, you you think, oh, that's actually kind of funny and kind of great. Anyway, I posted it. Why is my phone ringing? Um, I posted it, and uh, and it turns out there are all these old people from my ski team oh. on this crazy website. Now, see, that's nice. Yeah. So then, all of these, all of these people that back then would have teased me mercilessly, are teasing me merciless, mercilessly now. Mm-hmm. Circle of life. Yeah, they're yeah. all in their mid fifties, and they're like, ha ha ha! You could never ski, blark blark blark. <laughs> So that's fun, right? Isn't that fun? Mm-hmm. I think stuff yeah. like that is. I think stuff like that is really nice. It, it's nice to you know. I mean, like I like vintage things. Line readings. I like I like line readings. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that just came out. What did they say? Twenty five years ago, Big Lebowski just came out. Twenty five years ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah. People love anniversaries. It's kind of unseemly. I think that's I think that's wonderful, but I also am always intrigued by the changing nature of. Um, I'm not. I don't mean to sound fake philosophical here, but like you know, f- think about the photographs of your childhood and the generations before. Where I mean, we're not just talking about like Deadwood shit. We're, I mean, like there, you might have one photo, two photos, three photos of a person ever, 
And I mean, maybe more saliently back in the days when we'd all line up dutifully in three rows and take exactly one photo of a group. Like mm-hmm. that was, that was Derek Ayer. You always took a group photo mm-hmm. and they were almost always bad because somebody only took one photo because photos cost money. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the, the scarcity of that kind of stuff, which also goes for things like yearbook photos. We're like, there are not that, that many, not that anybody needs them, but there's not that many extant photos of me in second grade. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some, but like every family, I guess we went through some phases of morals. I'm just saying it's, you got to take what you get and not get upset. Yes, yes, yes. I had a habit that uh, only is, is only interesting or salient because of this topic that I just made up, which mm-hmm. is that I, I don't know. I, I used to, I don't know, you know, kids are weird. You chew sure. on things, you chew on your pencil. Yeah. I used to chew on the collar of my shirt for like probably a year or so. Yeah, oh, sure. I remember kids chewing on their collar. And so like you wear a shirt and, and, and I'm from a family. We have long collars. That's one of the things. Oh, Good. yeah. <laughs> you can get it into your mouth. Or like Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. <laughs> I cut myself a few times. No, but um, I, I don't know why I did it. It's, 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 it's something weird I did. And the problem is, though, my mom did not, was not aware that. I wore uh, my most chewed upon collared shirt for a yearbook photo. Oh, see. And so you can clearly see the tips of my little collared shirt (laughs) are mangled in the photo. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, understandably, she was really um, embarrassed, I guess. That was the picture of you. Yeah. It is. And you you buy a bunch and you send them to people. And like, if you're like my family, you like, I don't know, you might make a shrinky dinks frame for it and give it as an ornament at Christmas oh, or something. Dinks frame. Right, but that's like a, the canonical photo. But the thing is, you get what you get and don't get upset, right? Mm. That's the photo we had. And um, I don't know. You I, go you know, to war with the uh, photo you have. That's, that's what Rumsfeld said. And here's one more thing I want to say about this. I'm throwing back to you. I, I, I understand. I understand. And I sympathize yes. with people who like have a sex man in their family or okay. there's an ugly divorce. A or, sex man. Well, we have we had a sex man in part of our family once, and then people just like took all the photos out of their photo library. And can I just be clear for a fifth time? I understand that. Oh, I see. I understand. Like you get divorced from somebody, and you do that weird, like I don't know, John Hughes movie thing of cutting the person out of photos, or uh-huh. I've scribbled on people's photos. But like, I think that's unwholesome. I think you oughtn't take the sex man out of your photos, unless you can't handle it, which is your decision. But I keep the sex man. I keep all the bad photos because your life doesn't change in retro retroactively because you've decided that you don't want somebody to have ever been in your life. What do you do with your old, uh, not uh, cool tweets? Oh, uh, that was your, I, your, I've had your, three, your hilarious what? tweets from right. 2009. That's a good question. I had three distinct phases that I felt I've really felt really good about the first two, and I'm ambivalent about the third. The first was every tweet I ever did. I, I'm not really much of a deleter, mm-hmm. but I, I'm a deleter if it had a typo. And I, I, if you don't delete tweets with a typo, what the hell's wrong with you? It's a yeah, publishing sure. platform. Sure. But um, no. But then a while back, I I re- set up a thing that would delete my tweets automatically. After a week, which has worked great for a year or two, and then since some changes at Twitter, that doesn't work anymore. So that third phase now is everything's deleted up to a point. Now everything else is there. Oh, I just rather it all disappeared. Huh? Yeah, you you embrace the new technology, which is that this is not a lasting platform. This is not a photo album. Pa- that, full that, of is, that is that is part. That is very much part of it. I'm not 
particularly, I would not be joining Twitter today if it was a new thing. But well, in that particular right. example, the, the the thing that was difficult for me to accept and operationalize was I'm proud of things that I've written. And I think things that I've written are funny. And I'd like them to remain up. And if somebody did a joke about it two years ago, it sucks that it went away and disappeared. Mm. But at the same time, Twitter is a tremendous... It's a tremendous app, uh, application for being misunderstood at scale, deliberately misunderstood at scale. And be- without context, your tweets mean nothing. So it's better yeah. to just delete them. Yep. Yep. Should have, should have, could have, would have. Should have bought dinner. I published them in a book, of course. I do remember that. Uh, I remember yeah. that. I think you sold that at, at shows at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Big moneymaker for me. Yeah. That's why, seemed, that's why I live yeah. in a house now. Is that is that? <laughs> yeah, my Twitter, my my perfect bound Twitter book published by Matthew Stadler. Mm-hmm. Did you know that there is not? I don't. I remember think, being fairly modest. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not not in terms of, of of length or girth or any of those things. I just remember it seeming a little bit like you know it was slightly nicer done than the thesis I printed on a laser writer. <laughs> yeah, it was for sure printed at Kinkos, but it was. <laughs> It was. It's technically book, but it was done in such a. <laughs> his book is perfect bound. The but, the Mendocino nice. County. Make sure you see the sites of Mendocino County booklet that we picked up in the lobby of our hotel was way nicer than than your thesis, my thesis, or your book. Yeah. yeah well, and the thing was, the book has full color I mean, bleeds. The covers are uh, are like a file folder. I mean, that's definitely. Yeah. yeah, it was made. It's the words that matter, man. You know? Handcrafted. Uh, there's not a single picture of me age 18. Meaning that for something like a year, if a photograph was ever taken of you, you don't, you can't put your hands to it. Yeah. There, mm-hmm. there were, I remember standing, You were probably photographed, but you don't have those. I remember in D- Duluth, Minnesota, standing uh, uh, for, a, for a photograph. Uh, some people were like, can, can we take your picture? And I said, yes. And I, you know, and I, you were the representative at Dylan state. I, I stood like up boy state for songwriters. And I had my, I had my backpack slung over my shoulder, but it was really more of a duffel bag. And I, and so they took a picture. I know it's out there now. Maybe they threw it away when they were getting rid of all the sex men out of their, uh, files. <laughs> but like there's, there's a picture of me that, that, that was taken that I would, I would pay any amount of money for. Do you remember? Um, were you doing something funny in it, or were you handsome? What, what no, makes you no, miss it? Well, I was eighteen. I, yeah, I, right. like I said, I don't. So I and I went to jail uh, then, mm-hmm. and there was a mug shot taken of me, mm-hmm. which I would pay any amount of money to see. Right. But some a listener to this program uh, uh, many years ago, who <laughs> lived in Colorado, undertook a search to find using public records to find the mugshot mm. and came back with the craziest like uh Johnny Cash story that apparently the courthouse in Boulder County burned down mm. between 1986 and now and mm. all of their files were lost mm. which sounds to me it sounds a little suspicious really sus as we say as we kids say yes but he said and they and somehow he got the arrest report but the but the the picture was lost yeah so anyway can you imagine an entire year of your life and then there was another year i think the uh, age 22 there's one picture of me maybe like Whole years would go by, 
and there wouldn't be a single photograph for me uh, of me or of anybody I knew. Like I didn't, I just <laughs> never owned a photograph from that time. I mean, I feel like I understand that well and in a way that's that sounds strange to explain nobody's asking me to explain it but like as a i am i am explain okay well as a, as a contrast my wife's father was loved photography and had a had a like pretty okay good cameras and took a lot of photos of of the kids and the family and those exist and some of them are really 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 good photos well we didn't have that we had a kodak instamatic camera and we bought the 11020 exposure f- film for it from time mm. to time. Mm. But there's That's so the good stuff. Well, there's so many little like patterns of that that are completely not relevant today. There's the obvious ones like you had to buy film with money and then you had to develop have film developed with money. You didn't take a photo of everything. I mean, what I'm not even getting into here is every single person in my family was a terrible photographer like so many poor decisions whole rolls of film of what they imagine how like i imagine like a fireworks show would look in 1976 Uh like or like pictures of fish and tanks and all this stuff that like were today i mean there's so much stuff today where i would go like oh god as beautiful as that photo is in my head i wouldn't take it because the sun is shining at me and you wouldn't all the stuff everybody knows today we didn't know but it was just also the, the part that makes this especially difficult is that we would have little runs where like maybe we took more photos for a while maybe we had a little more money that quarter and we bought two rolls of film and but then how does that developed film end up in the album that we would make eventually Mm -hmm. so there's all the 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 pie that you start with is getting smaller and smaller and smaller until by the time you're done there's like five photos of my birthday around my birthday when i was 10 with the same terrible haircut Playing with my Action Jackson and my Evil Knievel and my oh, guy from Star, Star Trek, my Miko character. And mm-hmm. like, you know, but you know what I'm saying though? Like it's, yeah. but now today, I mean, the haha, the opposite problem is I have so many pictures of science. I just posted a picture on the internet just this morning. I took a photo of a tree that in my estimation looked like it had a butt. <laughs> I have so many photos of misspellings. No. Yeah, misspellings of signs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and when I take a photo of my kid, my kid's wearing a mask. So we have a completely different kind of problem today, you know? Yeah. How many pictures do you think are in your entire, like, pictureography? Um, of the digital stuff in Apple Photos, which is my prime one, off the dome? I don't know. Somewhere between, I don't know, six, six, 60 and 100,000? I don't know. I mean, that would be very hard to, to look at. I'm going to look, though, because now I need to know. That According would be to hard this, to I, I have 59,091 photos. Two th- <laughs> this is the weird one. 2,057 videos. Um, and, you know, both, that's, obviously that doesn't count duplicates or, you know, whatever. But, yeah, yeah, that, that's completely bananas. We had three photo albums that my mom and I made in about 1977 or eight. And then, as I've mentioned before here in other places, most of my photos that I had personally were destroyed by water damage uh, yeah. a few years ago. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, it's it's all pretty weird. Was your family – wasn't your dad a famously pretty bad photographer? Oh, yeah. He was terrible. He he loved f- uh, uh, buying cameras <laughs> and uh, things to go with his cameras. He's He's a gear man. Yeah, but he could not, for the life of him, compose a photograph and <laughs> and execute on that composition. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the things I, I realized, you know, I took an art history class in college, 
and was really affected by it. You know, it was one of those single most significant class I had in college was 20th century painting. Is that right? Oh yeah, the, the the one that most of all, or at least very very much, unex- most unexpectedly changed my view of things. Yeah, that that was. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, oh. it's crazy because that was so out of nowhere. The bar was so low for that. I well, it, well, I wasn't taking it because it was easy. I was taking it partly take because, it because it was high. Ah, because I would say difficult, <laughs> but yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. That's that's what led me to really get interested in learning just a little more about. No, it's, 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 it's tell me more about that. Did you look it at daguerreotypes and stuff like that? Well, it was, it, you know, I, I, this is kind of the thing about a, a, a liberal arts education, right? That an art history class is one of the ones that I think a lot of people, maybe the majority of people listening to this show, mm-hmm. as they are scrolling, you know, running their finger down the syllabus or running the finger down the, the class lists going, what, what, what should I take this quarter? Um, it just seems so like lightweight like art history what what you know people i'm sure skip over art history all the time on their way to something they think is more interesting or edifying and art history was exactly the kind or, of class or, 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 I would more, or more just more practical practical exactly. if you try to put practical. it i mean like in this i am from florida i went to college in florida my decisions reflect being raised in ohio and florida but honestly i mean the pressure the pressure to go to college was mainly just so you don't like i don't know end up on a chain gang it starts in seventh grade with something called vocational wheel. You are instructed in all of your fallbacks that you could have in life if you don't end up going to college, which let's be honest, you probably won't. And it was all very practical. It was about getting a job. Yes, it was about like making your parents happy, but ultimately it was about vocation in some ways. For me, of course, uh, college was all about reinforcing uh, like uh, misapprehensions we had about our own class. Oh, so, doctor, that's a good, that is good. So Holy crap, you're right. Oh my for goodness. For me to take art history was, you know, absolutely. <laughs> doesn't give me an invitation to the Met Gala, but it gets me a nice photograph. Yeah, I expected <laughs> that whole, all those years I was like, well, when I have to confront William F. Buckley on firing line, I'm going to know more, yeah. you know. If you I'm call him a fascist one more time, he's going to punch <laughs> you in the face so hard you'll stay plastered. So, but, but of all the like, ways of seeing uh, like intellectual classes I took that were trying to break my mind and get me to understand the, you know, the real meaning behind language or the real meaning behind politics. Or like an, a, a connection you never likely would have made on your own yeah, that requires right. just to, like, you know, I mean, when you say like, oh, why, why study the pre-Socratics? Dumb question. But like when you, once you do that and you go, oh, there's a lot of stuff here that became the basis for a lot of other stuff. And it's going to be difficult for me to, in the future, draw my own conclusions about these things because you kind of need a basis. I'm not talking about the great books. I'm not talking about great men. But I am saying like you do need to understand a little bit about how we got here to jump straight into Derrida before you looked at, you know, uh, Descartes, let alone Kant. Well, as we've talked, uh, before you even read the Bible and think you can understand it. Mm-hmm. But but why? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. sitting in this this uh, sitting in this art history class, you know, it, it was a darkened lecture hall, and the teacher would get up and and do a slideshow every every what twice a week. <laughs> yeah, he had a really hot deck, <laughs> and he did have a hot deck, <laughs> and just walk you through the history of painting, but also walk you through or the history of art. But I'll, you, you know, then do the great thing about art history. Walk you through each individual artwork and go, do you see this? Look at this. This came. Remember that thing we saw last week? This is what happened as a result of that. That's or this exactly is exactly what I got out of it. These people went sideways from what we were looking at yesterday. And yeah. this is what they took from that. And, 
And Cezanne made these little simple geometric houses, had a huge influence on Van Gogh. Van Gogh's impasto style, where some of his impastos are like an eighth or a quarter of an inch thick, had an influence on later action painters. Like, you, you can say that all out loud, but when you actually look at it and you go, no, no, I want you to really look at this, you can see shadows that are cast by the paint on, so, on, on, one, of, on one of Van Gogh's paintings. And when you see it in person, it's, it, you get chills. Yeah, and, and there was something about the, the, he, uh, the my art history teacher had a, these slides had really great definition. Like, you, right. he really showed tremendous, they, were, they weren't fuzzy out of focus pictures. It was just <laughs> like, you could really, really, really get what was happening. And then I did, you know, when I went to Rome or when I went to Athens and saw some of these artworks in sure. person. I knew them already. I knew them and I knew their little, I need, knew the little codes in them and the little stories about them. And like, no, no, no. Do you see like this over here, this person? Like this thing is so much like, okay, this painting is so much bigger than I expected. Or the Salvador Dali painting, it's so much smaller than I expected, but he's painting with a one hair brush mm. in 1934 to get these lines before he got all cute. Like mm. when he was really just a, just a very, very gifted painter. You know what I mean? All of those kinds of things. And, but it's. I, I think it's different from wine. I hope it's different from wine. It's different the, from wine. I hope so because, like, that seems a lot about showing off. And this is just. This is more about a warmth of connection that is is so human. It feels like such a dumb, unnecessary white middle class flex, but it's actually really special when oh, you understand. Really when you understand things about visual art, you understand things about place. Fuck, man, I didn't understand anything about dance. I thought dancing was stupid. And now I watch people dance and I'm, I'm, as I'm sitting here with what I have come to call sleep injuries and I watch people who are, I watch Molly Shannon on SNL able to kick as high as her head. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> that, I mean, that is, that, that this is all revealing something very special about what makes us human. Well, and the thing about art history class was that then the next time I looked through the viewfinder of a camera, I understood <laughs> That's uh, such a good point. Yeah, ten thousand times more mm -hmm. about the fact that wait, this is a frame. I'm looking at a painting. I'm looking at a picture, and I know that there are vectors happening. And I know that if you it, that sometimes if you cut something off in the middle, it looks really terrible. Or sometimes you cut something off in the middle, it looks really intentional. Like all of the things that I didn't learn. <clears throat> Because I didn't take a photography class, so no one taught me cropping, no one taught me exposure, but <laughs> yeah. I, but I did Especially understand on film, on it. film where there's film, like, right. yeah, I mean, it's it's a, we were watching a Law and Order. Uh, sometimes we watch Law and Order, and there's an old Law and Order that we're involved gone. a guy taking a guy taking lots oh, of photos. Wait, I th you wait, wait, wait. Do we bloop? Am I lost? Oh no. Yeah, you're 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 all I'm, warbling. I'm here and yeah, I'm talking. Gone. I'm talking. Can you hear me now? I am talking. Now I can hear you. Oh, good. Uh, that used to be costly. All that, to, even if you did black and white on your own, then then, then you smelled like eggs. Like you know, yeah. it, it was not without cost. But it, it continue. But you well, know what? You're learning also design skills. You're learning unintentionally learning design skills. You're learning things about composition and texture and contrast. And like you know, being able to draw is not just about like going, oh, that looks that looks like a you know Grecian urn. It's like no, but like it's got texture to it. It's got depth. It's got it's there's more to it than just lines. And like same thing happens with photography and and the art history stuff where you're like. There's a lot more to this. This is, this is not just some fun optical illusion or some tribute to, uh, you know, the deeply inbred King Philip 
of Spain. There's something more going on here, as Bob Dylan says, or excuse me, Bob, Bob, his friend Bob Seeger. What's leave in, what to leave out? What's in the frame, what's out of the frame? All the way down to color field shit. Like you see, like, you know what I mean? Like a Frankenthaler or whatever, and you're like, oh, it's just a red painting. That Rothko, Rothko is just like two boxes, and you're like, okay, fine, it's just two boxes. Why don't you go wait in the car? Yeah, all of that. <clears throat> oh, and I think it, it, it changed the way I look at architecture. And it's simple. It wasn't, it's not like I took 17 classes in that field. Right, it, was, right, right. it was just the scales falling from your eyes. And I think immediately I became, like, innocently a, a 10,000 times better photographer than my dad ever was. Because he didn't look through the camera that way. You know, he, he would look through the it. camera. I mean, if he's like my family, I can't speak for your dad, but we would look through the camera and see what we hoped to see, to see what we wanted to see. If you take a picture of fireworks with a Kodak Instamatic camera in 1976, your results are not going to be terrific. If you take pictures inside the Pirates of the Caribbean ride where you're not supposed to be using those flash cubes, you're going to, you know, it's going to look terrible. That's not what it's for. And you don't, you don't have any context for that. You learn, you learn, you got all the basic tools that you needed to like start thinking in a slightly more sophisticated way about the visual presentation of things. Yeah. The challenge was then to look at my dad's photos at, <laughs> of which there were many and Think a lot of what them, they were of. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of them were in slide, slide uh, trays, you know, circular trays for a slide projector that were, were stacked to the ceiling mm -hmm. and you put them on and you really, dad is looking through the camera like he's looking through a submarine periscope and he had something he was trying to capture. And you, you, often looking at his pictures now, he captured a lot of things he didn't intend to capture because he wasn't paying attention to how it was framed or <laughs> waiting yes. for someone to turn around so you could see their face. Or, you know, like that's the thing. Taking a picture of someone where you can't see their face because in the present moment with them, you can see that, you know, you, like you're saying, it's, you can, it's what you think, what you think is in the frame and yeah. then what you think will appear on, be exposed on the film. And then what you think will turn into a negative and what you imagine the negative will turn into as a finished print. He's drawing the whole world that he's looking at through his magic machine. Right. I can see an owl really far away. Thing. So you can see an owl, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Or, or here is my child in a, you know, in some crucial moment of their life and I'm taking a picture of them in mid stride with their face turned away from the camera and I'm using the wrong shutter speed. So it's also <laughs> blurry and also it's dark, but this is the moment that they, you know, this is, this was the moment right. that they won the science fair project. Yeah. 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 Or, or this is the moment. How many families like mine have a photo of the TV screen when we landed on the moon? Oh, a terrible, terrible. I used to record with a cassette tape and our little Zenith cassette player. That's how I first got a recording of Daydream Believer was recording it with a microphone held up to the TV at four in the afternoon. Sure. Sure. That's, and that, that's and the world the we lived is, in. Well, and, and, and in the age years, of uh, four, 45 years went by where that was not worth anything. Right. Like yeah. 45 years went by where, where, a, where a code of, Kodachrome photograph of your television with on the moon flash. landing is <laughs> of not they, worth of course anything. you have a flash because the moon's dark. Point, in 2015, <laughs> yeah. that suddenly started started to become an artifact 
And depending on how you think about things now, mm-hmm. like I have right here, right here, right here. In your I, hands. I have this, this affidavit. It says right here that mm-hmm. you, that Michael Corleone, um, no, I have the, a, a newspaper. I, I, you know, I just want to say a, a, a lot of my constituents are Italian Americans and they are yeah. some of the finest people. And just because yes. they saved me from a situation where they framed it to look like I had killed a sex worker, I do have yes. another committee meeting I need to get Senator, to. Senator, <laughs> Senator, 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 are you going to allow it? <laughs> my wife, this I is feel, I have a, I have a, I have the, the entire, not the front page, the entire Seattle Times from the day the man, uh, a man walked on the moon. I have, I have, uh, I have, I have the same man. P Times from when John Lennon died. A uh, man. And I've looked into what do, what do I do? What do I do with this? I uh, I have this copy of the newspaper. Well, <laughs> we both have yellow garbage in a hefty bag. Yeah, it's yellow. It's yellow, and it's sitting here on the freaking coffee table. It's as old as me. You know, it's fifty four years old. Yeah. Who knows the life that this thing led in order to find its way to me, and then I don't know what to do with it, so I just put it on the coffee table. Well, if you look at how to preserve a newspaper in a frame, uh. Everything you read about, and I'm sure there's there is a librarian right now that has jumped up off of her chair and is running right now to send me a letter uh, on archival paper. Mm-hmm. But almost everything and you read an says acid free complaint. Acid free uh, says yes, you can put a newspaper in a frame, but it will decay. It doesn't matter what you do. It's going. It, newspapers were not meant to to live. And it will, you can put it in all the archival, whatever you want, but it's just, the sun is just going to turn it into ashes. And so Mm -hmm. I, and I've heard, I, I, I read this over and over, like make a really beautiful copy of it on really beautiful paper and then Mm. put that in a frame. But then it's not the thing. It's not the thing. And so, so it's a replica, it's a replica. You've, you've got a replica, perhaps an antique. Well, and you could, and you could buy that. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like, because we're not really getting at the point of what it's for, how you imprinted, I'm not criticizing here, because I have so much shit like that, where like, I thought this was the special thing. And that's what I imprinted on. And like, that is it was that really the special thing, though? Or was it like how it felt in the room that day? Well, and for for me, this newspaper realizing because I did the thing where I went down a rabbit hole, like, how do I preserve this incredible piece of American history? (laughs) And everywhere I looked, online somebody was telling me you can't now i'm sure you can i'm sure if i put it in something other than folded on my coffee table sitting here waiting for me to put my coffee cup on it (laughs) there's a way you know like one of these days i'm going to accident i'm going to be looking somewhere else i'm going to put my coffee cup down right on this 55 year old copy of the newspaper but but what i what i did was i got i got bamboozled or baffled by all the people telling me it wasn't possible mm-hmm. who are probably talking to each other in archival communities. And they, uh, you know, they're just like, uh, small differences with each other. But what I've decided is, Oh, the best use for this is just to have it on the coffee table and pick it up. Every once it's in what a while. Alice Walker talks about in that wonderful short story, everyday use this, 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 this quilt that your grandmother has had since the 1800s as, as a student of African American studies in the seventies, you look at it and say, this should be in a museum. And your grandmother says, well, no, it's not for a museum. It's for using. Yeah. Like food is for eating. Blankets are for warming. Like this is what food we use. Is this has become eating. so instrumental. Stickers are for sticking. Wait, Stop you, acting you, like your you, life is a museum. You have just made my food collection look really weird. 
Well, we keep ours. We refrigerate our garbage for two weeks before we throw it out. <laughs> stickers are for sticking. Now, this is a thing I never learned in my entire life. Right, every of course, because they're, they're nice got, stickers. Why would like, you use them? They're too nice. <laughs> no, I'm going to put this sticker in my sticker drawer, mm-hmm. and one day I'm going to find the thing that all these stickers go on. But until that day, I'm not just going to stick it on. And then you know, then you have a daughter. And she's just, you know, you hand her a sticker and she pulls the backing off and sticks it on something. And, and I like, bet it's, I bet hey, it's not even like even or centered and it might have like a bubble or, yeah, or a like, line. Well, what are you doing? You just stuck that on your thing. You were, we were about to throw that away. We were taking that to that's the an dump. Air, and she's like, an heirloom sticker. Yeah. And she's like, well, I liked, uh, I liked the way the sticker looked on it for the three <laughs> minutes before we threw it in the fireplace. Oh my like, God, that's so wholesome. Ow. Your child might be a Buddha. I guess, right? I mean, yeah. and that's the thing I could never do. I still have stickers. I still have sub pop stickers from the first time they get made a sub pop sticker and I have sub pop stickers from two weeks ago when I went to the sub pop store and they're indistinguishable from one another except right. one of them you I've know. been carrying you for know. 30 years. <laughs> this right. one, see how yellow it is? This yeah. one's from 1992 and that one is from today and they're the same. They're the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. And she, and she would take the back off of either one of them even knowing the story. I would go, but this one's 40 years old. She's like, zip, stick it on a Coke can. <laughs> Right and now, and now it's a sub pop Coke can. <laughs> ah, like, no, oh no, I was no. going to retire on that sticker. Are you kidding me? That was your heirloom. You know, that was your that was your estate. You just burned. I think sometimes <sighs> we, um, I, I'll use I mm. statements. I oh, think some, I mean, but for it to be useful, I hope it can be abstracted beyond just me. But well, you then know, say we. I think we as a people sometimes have confused relations about. You know, uh, something I've talked about a lot here that's become a big deal for me is like thinking about your relationship with the stuff in your life. And is the stuff really just stuff or is it a, is it a talisman? Is it a like, is it a relic? Is it like a piece of the true cross? Like all these things where you're like, well, let's go. Let's go. And, and, and we were talking about librarians, etc. I For some reason, I started immediately thinking of like Antiques Roadshow, like not mm. to do a bit here. But like those times where, they, where a guy, there's one I remember in particular where a guy comes up and goes, hey, this is an original, you know, what a Civil War gun in a, in a belt. And it's one of those classic like, well, no, you can see here where it says copyright 1972. This is a toy gun. The, 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 <laughs> the holster is made out of cotton candy. It clearly says cotton candy holster on the side. It is you know, that kind of thing. And you're like, and they always end up saying to try and be nice about it. They'll go like, well, I hope you continue to enjoy having this. 1976 <clears throat> Betty Boop statue in your house. But like you, when you thought that that was valuable, you cared about it a lot. You cared about it more than you probably should have. And then when you found out that it was not valuable, and by not valuable, I mean empirically to people like librarians who, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think we got drift. But like, it, you know when it would have mattered to take care of that newspaper? Uh, July of 1969. Well, somebody did because it's but what, You know what I'm saying, though. It's like they didn't for me, throw it in the fire. Trying to, well, I know, but I mean, for me to try and rehabilitate the the John Lennon paper from December of 1980, like, well, you know, it's it's <laughs> to get into another one of my. If we're gonna talk about things like food and stickers, well, the best time to not waste waste food is by not buying it. If you bought the food <laughs> and then decide not to waste it, that's not as useful. If you've bought it. What are you going to do? Well, eat it or don't eat it, but stop acting like it belongs in a cold museum. It's just that you have to figure out. And the thing I'm putting so poorly is that we have to be, I feel like it's useful to try and interrogate what it is about your relationship with the thing that has made it special for you. 
And, you know, if you want to have an unwholesome relationship, live it up. But, uh, but like, it's also valuable to go, like, well, it's not that these people are being mean by saying you have to go scan this and put it on acid-free paper. That's the color of their crystal. It's their job to take care of that. They're not there to take care of how you feel about this uh, K-Pop Garden plastic orange drinking cup. You know what I mean? They're looking at it from that point In of that view. that specific example, no, I don't know what a K-Pop orange... K-Pop tree was this... Uh, you, but you ever go somewhere and you get like a souvenir, like an orange drink and like an orange... looks like an orange. I mean, my whole like... house is full of that kind of crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rusty Brown. Rusty Brown from the Chris Ware right comic, now. I think. Except, the... except I have some that are actually made out of pottery because they are from 1850. <laughs> hey, come get... <laughs> it looks like an orange. <laughs> actually, sir, it does say nineteen eighty. Seven on the bottom. Oh, but I thought that was their joke. It was them <laughs> right. A no, that's the joke. very rare Rookwood, uh, you know, print. That's the, that's the that they strike that on the bottom of all their pottery. My uh, favorite I, antiques yeah. roadshow people are the ones where you know the person says, "This is an original Stickley. It's worth twenty seven thousand dollars," and they're like, "Well, it's been in the closet, and that's where it's going because it doesn't match my my drapes." Or or like, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. I love I do love those too. But like you know I don't, I don't I'm not watching this to like bag on people, but it's something we all do. And I, the reason I think it's interesting, the same same reason I like a good villain, even if they're problematic, or especially if they're problematic, is I learned something from that. When I watch the people on Antiques Roadshow who are like, oh, they're walking in there and they're like, oh man, I'm going to blow this, this woman's mind with this, you know, whatever, a writing desk. And it could be something like, okay, there's water damage here, that kind of thing. It could be that like this leg has been replaced. But here's the thing, and the reason I keep coming back to this, I, I think this is important, is like, if you love this desk as a part of your life, however, why ever, you have come to love this desk, I am not here to take anything away from that. Problem is, you brought it in here in the way that you would bring it into a pawn shop in Reno. And so I need to, I need to, say to you that like this is not a thing that i would buy and it's not in a condition that i would sell that doesn't mean i hate you and your family it just means that you asked me about that and i told you that and then the person's understandably a little miffed because it might be some big piece of family lore that this is general hat general grant's hat or something general grant's hat he was he was I, I less well dressed to... than lee you know oh you know they're both they're both very handsome men very very so uh, handsome you know, elegant. You gotta like Lee a little bit, you know. He's a really. But when general. I was in, he's such a good. When general. I was in Charleston, I went into an antique store, and it was truly an antique store. The, the <laughs> oh wait a minute, you mean actual antiques, which <clears throat> used to it mean it was an- seventy years old? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a couch with a bunch of big flowers on it that you know that said uh, Brady Bunch on it. It was like a thing from <laughs> seven. The original Coleco Vision. <laughs> and walking around the store, it, an enormous store, I realized there wasn't a single thing in this store that I even liked uh-huh. because it was all colonial era and antebellum. Uh, but it could uh, be like furniture. a butter, a butter churn you could afford what one could afford. Oh, oh yeah. There was all kinds of stuff you, right. you could buy. You could and say, part this of is the- old and I know it. I've got the provenance papers. I've got the certificate of authenticity. This is a real churn. Part now I'm going to put umbrellas that, in it or whatever. You see, you, and you see this in, in car collectors too. Mm. Like there was a time when, uh, the the really cool cars were from the 30s and cars from the 70s were still being taken to the dump. And car the whole car collecting hobby was about cars from the, the, the 20s and 30s. And then for most of my life, it's been not most of my life, most of the last... 15 years. I, I think you're, I think from the time I was aware of it, like I had a, I had a reason I like Mustangs is because I think they're cool, but also because I had a, a friend 
who was into Mustangs, whose dear, whose actual other dear friend had Mustangs when he was 16. He, John, oh, he, he had yeah. a 64 and a half Mustang pony interior hexagon grill. The, the the parking lot of my high school in 1986 was like GTO, uh, 1971, a uh, split a split bumper Camaro. Oh like my god! Just, you just walk down the line and it's like every one of these cars is an incredible collect. They're all SS. It's all the Novas, everything, and um and so then I watched those become really expensive. Well, now you look at the car collecting hobby, and people are buying all hmm. these uh you know like. Honda Accords, and <laughs> that's like what they're, they're, they're like, are this this are you kidding? This Accord has the sixteen valve overhead cam. You guys really need. We I don't want to talk out of school, but it's so important. I hear you get you two talk about a Honda Accord because <laughs> he really it's so say. hard. It's getting harder and harder for him to get a manual Honda Accord with the trim package he wants, I know, and it's undoing right. him. <laughs> oh yeah, he's just like, well, this I need the RS package because you like, can't right because you can't get. If you, if if you, I'm not going to get involved in this. I'm going to let you two fight it out. Jesus Christ! Well, but, but this ahead. is yeah. the thing about what what things are worth, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think you can get colonial furniture affordably again because there's nobody that wants it, right? And and 15 years ago, oh, you watch Antiques like Roadshow, century, right? Yeah, you watch yeah. Antiques Roadshow 15 years ago, and they're like, this was this chair was made by Abraham Lincoln. Which you remember, or, interesting, or especially Franklin. like um like um Shaker stuff. And yeah. like, you know, kind of like plain folk, like beautiful benches or like this, this is, you know, this was part of a, probably rotten now, but a broom or like, this is one of those chairs they'd hang on a wall. I feel like in the eighties and nineties, that was really the shit. It was, it was. And, and, and I think there are people that invested a lot of money in folk, in that kind of folk art stuff, yes. thinking that it was only ever going to be worth more. Exactly. So the line the, can only go up. This is yeah, old. The there, bottom, well, Roger said the market, they're, they're not making right? this anymore, right? Because nobody's like, I'm decorating my house like an old, like an Amish farmhouse anymore. That's not the style. <laughs> I would like it to look like the barn and women talking. <laughs> but like, I think, I think millennials forget this in the when they think about there not being any affordable houses. Right now, the boomers are clogging up all the houses mm-hmm. and houses cost a ton of money and nobody can afford one because right. there's all these old boomers that are just about to either die or move into a home. Mm-hmm. And that's all going to happen in the space of like, boom, like a huge wave of boomers leaving. I mean, my entire neighborhood is old, old boomers yeah. who are starting to look at brochures about a place in Loreto, Mexico that, <laughs> If they just sold this, you know, this nine bedroom house where they raised their family, they're going to get a duplex down in Flagstaff Farms and they're going to go down. Right. And then the house is going to come for sale and none of their kids want it because their kids are all living in double wide somewhere. And all of a sudden, like this whole neighborhood is going to, it is going to flip. It's going to go. I'm going to go from being the youngest guy in this neighborhood to the oldest guy in this neighborhood. In you this still space turn into like Airbnbs or something? No, no. I just think I think that they're all because every house that sells in in this neighborhood, mm. I I when I meet the people, I'm like, oh, they're forty, and they have two kids under the age of four. Yeah, yeah. And they're very you know they're nicely appointed people. They have you know two two incomes. Except she's decided to quit her job and stay home. It's like she, the she most, makes jewelry now. Yeah, it's the it's the most it's the craziest kind of like this still exists. But yeah, it's like a, it's everybody's dream, right? To like, oh, we're gonna move out and have. But a it's, yard. A, it's a problem. A problem that used to be I don't want to say unique to San Francisco and places like San Francisco, but it was something that was 
I don't know. I don't know if this is exactly true, but a, a way that it was explained to me why San Francisco in particular, the seven by seven ish city and county of San Francisco that's unique is it's 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 economically um, anomalous in the sense that it is a place where the demand is so high and you can charge almost anything you want. It's the kind of thing you usually would see more in like a an old resort community like Long Island or Cape Cod or something. Or, you know what I mean? Boulder, Colorado. I, 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 I guess I, I, that's I a, guess that's so. a joke for our Boulder listeners. That's where CU is. Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, and the idea was like, okay, well this is, it's not going to be everywhere, but now it is kind of everywhere but because of, because of, or related to what you're describing, which is people who bought these houses. I mean, all the way, if we're talking about boomers, you go all the way back to, that means they were born in the post-war period when there was a fair amount of housing stock coming up, lots of financing for it, especially for veterans, et cetera, and on and on. And through all those generations and you could buy. So those folks who are a little, what, 10 years older than us, are they, is this mostly? 20 years older than us. God damn it. If that makes you feel better, sure. God damn it. <laughs> Look at me. I can retire. Ooh. <laughs> and I said, are we talking about like Boeing, retired Boeing engineers or what are we talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boeing. You know, the guy across the street from me was a veterinarian. The guy on the other corner was a okay. was a, a doctor. Like this was a nice neighborhood. But the people that house probably house, really appreciated in value over the last 20, 30 years. Well, they have. But I, I you know, just in the last two years, mm-hmm. this, no, the last year, this time last year, uh, my house had a valuation that was so that was bonkers to anybody. Um, and then the interest rates changed mm. and oh, all gosh. of a sudden, you know, it took, uh, it took like this huge amount of apparently what this house is worth. It just took it off the books because the, the, the interest rate went from 3% to 7%. Okay. And, it, and you, you only have to go through a few of those in life to go like, Oh, right. I remember all of this is fake. It's all just pretend it's real. I always remember in the early 80s, and I remember this specifically because I'll tell you why. i tell you why I remember this specifically. When, 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 uh, when rates were 17% and our parents were trying to buy homes? <laughs> yeah, because check this out. Our, my, uh, my stepfather threw us out of the house in 1982, and my mom had to get back. He's awesome. Big fan of Serbia. He, um, he, um, uh, he threw us out. Actually, technically his son threw us out. We came home one day and there was an eviction order from his son who technically owned the house. But that's a different story. That's all fine. So mom and I moved into this house, a two bedroom with Kepi smells. And uh, she got right back into real estate, which is what she had done while she'd already kind of just been getting back into it. But then she really plunged herself into that because, you know, that we needed money. So check this out. We have my, my, uh, the old crappy car that my stepfather had used for fishing and smelled like bait. And, um, but she was going to have to like go out and show people houses. So guess what? Ready for a double whammy? 1983. You've got gas at one point was like a dollar. Remember when gas was like a dollar 40 a gallon? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, so you youngsters. Oh, it's so $7 now. Okay. Here's a thing called inflation. I'd like to tell you about the thing is a year or two before that, Gas was about forty fifty, maybe fifty five cents a gallon, yeah. and then suddenly it was a dollar forty a gallon. I, I, you know, my Vespa, I could fill it up for, I think, like I don't know, fifty cents, and drive around for. Did you have to mix a, oil. You have to mix a, a week oil or two. With it? Well, you didn't have to actually mix it. It did have a, it did have a two cycle motor, but it had a separate place where you put the oil, so it was self mixing. It mixed itself. So it's like a sexy lawnmower. My my car mixed itself. 
I drive cars <laughs> that mix themselves. And then you get what you described. I don't know if it got to 17, but I do remember interest rates for houses were bananas over like 15%, if memory serves. Yeah, Circa bonkers. like mid 80s, right? Early no, we, we have, we, my mom had a 15% mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is not a, a particularly new problem, but that was a real double whammy. Double whammy. A double whammy. A triple whammy. It was a doubly whammy. It was a big whammy. It was a timey whammy. It's hard, hard to explain. We, um, mm. that, that was a rough time. But, you know, it's, it's, it, we sometimes, like so many things in the world today, John, it's difficult to even have a decent argument with somebody because we don't take the time to realize whether we're even arguing about something that's even vaguely related to what we think we're arguing about. We don't know for ourselves. We yeah. don't understand the other people. And I'm not saying we're dumb. People are dumb. But I mean... Oh, people are dumb. People are dumb. And if, they, if you can look at somebody who's working really, really hard in their 30s and go, well, it's because they ate too many avocados that they can't afford a house. Like, you're being very unkind and simple. And you're not, you're not really understanding the benefits that you had in a way that, that they don't have. Well, but gen- generational the, the, wealth has really, the, really changed. The converse of that is also true. If you're 35 and can't afford a house, it's that's also not necessarily going to be true the rest of your life, right? Because things and, change. Yeah. yeah, we all at age 25 thought that the world was completely rigged against us. That everybody that had come before us was was a was a cheater that was stealing all the oxygen, and that no one in the world was ready to hear my incredible ideas. We all felt like that at 25 and 35. Why the hell doesn't anybody want to hear my incredible ideas? I keep raising then, my hand. I think I have solutions that can help a lot of people. Yeah, but nobody wants to hear it because all of the people ahead of me are like stealing all the avocados. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right. You know, like that's the problem, right? Yeah. That's the problem. Uh-huh. No wonder I, I can't went, afford them. This guy over here keeps buying all the avocados. Yeah, why the fuck does he get all the avocados? It's what's artificial the, scarcity and I hate it. guy. <laughs> I Hello, went to my an, name is Robert Haas. Ha- I went to an Easter service. Uh-huh. Oh, you did? This, I went to an Easter service. And, you know, this is the trigger alert for our religious listeners. Um, <laughs> I went and I, and I, uh, I, I came in late. And, uh, of course, I was dressed to the nines because it's Easter. And so, you know, if you're going to have, if you're going to dress up for church, you want to do it on Easter, right? Of you know, there's only four four times you're really going to put on a pastel suit. It's like John Mulaney says, you go in here, you're wearing hats. It's like you're going to church in Atlanta. They make a day of it, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and so I walk in, and there's uh, you know, of course, the church is packed. There's nowhere to there's nowhere to sit. There's nowhere to be. And uh, and so uh, and I'm with my little girl, and she grabs my hand and, and marches us right to the front. Do you remember the domin- denomination of the church? I, I do. I do remember the, do- the, 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 the domination, and it was uh, the Episcopalian <laughs> domination. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and this, is, this is a church in Bellingham. So it they, is, they wear the suits. They wear the outfits and everything. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The, well, the people that are running the, running the show. I dated team. a daughter of an Episcopal minister. Yeah, the people in the – because this is in Bellingham, Washington, this is the, the big Episcopal church in Bellingham. You know, in Bellingham, people on Easter will put on their second or third nicest flannel shirt because they save the nice right. ones for weddings. Oh, or they, they want a special Patagonia bonnet. Yeah, or they want to be buried in their nice ones, so they never wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh. You know what's funny is that back when Bellingham was a was a, a town full of fishermen and lumberjacks and people that worked at the mill, uh-huh. they all wore sur- uh, suits to church. Now. 
it's a bunch of people, God knows what they do, teach at the college or they or they work online, and they all dress like fishermen, lumberjacks, and people that work in a mill. Isn't that ironical? That is, isn't that something? Huh. Anyway, so I'm at this thing. We end up sitting in the front row because because uh, my little uh, my little dingbat's like, well, there's open seats in the front row. And I'm like, aren't these reserved for somebody? And yeah. the, all the people are like, nope, just nobody ever wants to sit up here. These seats are for the worthy. So we sit in the front and um, and I watch the whole Easter, the whole Easter show. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm, uh, you know, I go into a reverie as one does in any kind of thing like this, you know, um, it's, it it is people practicing their religion and it's, uh, uh, a liturgy that I know very well because I've grown up in America in in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. And so I know what's happening. I know the whole, I know all the stories. Easter. I gotta say Easter is usually, that's a pretty good service. It's, it's good service. It's fun. It's, it's like Easter is like, it's pretty, it's celebratory. Christmas, the, you know, Christmas Eve, you're like, ah, we got to get home. But well, Easter is yeah. kind of fun. It's like, I hey, mean, he's Easter's, risen, guys. Look, he's not even on the story, cross. Right? Yeah. Easter, Easter is the story that it, that turns the story from, oh yeah, there was there was a this Jewish guy that had a lot of good ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Easter that turns it into like, oh no 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 no. It's mm-hmm. not just a guy with a lot of good ideas. It also guy wait got for nailed, it. nailed to a tree for saying people should be nice to each other. And then he, then he, they put him in a cave, and then they rolled the stone away, and That's then right. his blood cleanses you of sin. No, 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 no. Wait, there's more. And then Thomas and, rolls up, and he's like, "Let me feel your sword hole." And so they're really leaning hard on the Gospel of John. Because uh, you know that's like a pretty pretty darn good Easter story. And oh I yeah, keep, it's, it's it's the best. It's the best. It's the hipster go- gospel for sure. I keep I keep leaning over and I'm like, well, John says mm-hmm. that there were uh, that the, that it was only Mary that was there, but you know there are other mm-hmm. accounts. And she's like, shut up, Dad. And I'm like, just no, so no, no. Know, Matthew's <laughs> kind of just just making a lot of shit up. It's yeah, kind of the manga version of it. Just. Maybe there were a bunch of people there. Maybe it was like, maybe, know. I can't, you know, can't figure it out. You're maybe he was, cru- he was crucified in the morning. Maybe he was yeah. crucified afternoon. There's a lot of different ways. different. And she's like, shh. Why do they have two characters named Joseph? I think that's confusing. Why are there two Joseph. Marys or maybe 15 Marys? Who oh, knows? I know. You, you can't just strap on a Magdalene and call that a new character. So watch also, she's a sex worker. She has a name. Yeah, although, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe read her gospel. Oh, you can't. Why? Because Oh, oh. shit, dog. Now, wait. So I'm watching it and I'm, yeah. you know, and I'm in that thing. I went to Catholic school. I've been to, I, everywhere I go, I go to religious services. So I'm in my, I'm in my space. I'm, I'm listening to the homily. I'm thinking about the early church. I can't, I can't help, but always go back to think about the early church. I'm thinking about the church. I'm thinking, oh, what a nice building the, the this early, is. The early Christian church? The early Christian church. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the 600 people that are here for the Easter service. And what brought them here? And then they start baptizing babies. And so I'm watching these young families that are so excited to have their little babies baptized. And, you know, and it's the whole thing. It's the whole, it's the whole bit. And, and I'm, I'm watching it and I'm just like, how is this? It, this is both like the newspaper on my coffee table (laughs) about the, about the moon landing. If this is all, this is, in in one way, exactly the same as Shaker Furniture that that should no longer be popular, but it keeps it keeps going. Christianity's been up and down with the Rolling Stones, you know, two thousand times over the last two thousand years, and here we are. Here we are. I'm the sitting band? in this. Oh, I'm sitting in this Tell building. The band. 
Come in. Yeah. You're saying, you know. saying like you like a single from this, then they put out some girls. You have this feeling they come up with like hot, not hot space, uh, you know, but they, they keep, uh, they do the, the steel wheels. Yeah. You got undercover of the night. Undercover. Wow. Shuffle. So, so it's a lot like Jesus. You're right. Like Jesus. Right. And so I'm like, there are so many things in that service. So much of it is artifacts. Right, they're 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 mental versions of of little uh, of like oranges that were drinking glasses that came mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. came with your hamburger. Right, so yeah, much this, stuff. This, this, at least our tabern- like tabernacle, the little table says, you know, this do in remembrance of me. You got the cross. You've got the like. There's something very very formal and like it does feel very important. Like something very important's happening. Well, the stories too. I mean, all, all, you know, all the stories. Mm-hmm. We all know them, and and it's just like. Wow, and then we're telling this story, and and the whole point of a of a of a priest or a minister is to tell those stories and make them relevant to you today. And so, how many times have you heard the good news presented to you by somebody who is doing their own intellectual work, trying mm-hmm. to make that relevant to them first and to you? Right? Like, I mean, it's, no, it's no, no, arguably the most basic role of a, of a of a minister, but it's in some cases especially a youth minister. Of like being able to like not sand off all of this, but make it something that you could teach in a, you know what I mean, in junior yeah. church, which Extreme for us is Bible. Like, yeah, between between five for six years, probably about seven year olds up to like twelve or thirteen year olds. That's that's a tough group. That's a little one room schoolhouse of people where you're talking about some very complicated, deep issues. That's well, a hell of yeah. a job. But you're, I think, I think that's true. You're trying to get those teenagers to to go through confirmation is super hard, right? That's the, mm-hmm. that, you know, like send your kid to Hebrew school and it's like, no, 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 we're going to, at the end of this, there's a big party. You just have to memorize a lot of stuff between now and then, but then you're going to get a watch. Your gra- granddad's going to get you a watch. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a payoff, but sitting in this room with, with all these fully grown people and, and, and their babies and all of the all of the hymns and all of the things where everybody's participating and like any church, the up, the down, the up, the down. And, and just feeling like, um, for whatever reason, I was just really feeling not the antiquity of it, but the antiqueness of it. And normally I, normally I'm really tuned into the antiquity of it. And that's where I'm, that's where I come from on it. Right. Or that's how I sit through a church antiquity service. Antiquity is and how enjoy long it's myself. been around and antique is how it's regarded for being old. Well, or antique is how the, it's just old. Mm-hmm. It's not that, you know, like there are better blenders, right? You don't, there are some oh. of us like me who uses a blender from 1930 because it's I hilarious, see. I but get it's it. yeah, a, yeah, not yeah. a good blender. Well, and like, but also like, is it, I'm not trying to be. In some ways it's a better blender because it's not going to break. But like opening day is like that for some people in baseball. It's like, this is a spring family, all these things. It's like, you know, you you don't, you generally don't kind of cut it into slices in that particular way, but it's similar in that way. And like the whole, the whole feeling of like, you know, peeing in a trough and getting a beer and like all the stuff that involves that and that you did with your father and your father did with his father, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like that's that there's something to that that is a great source of, of consolation and confidence in a world that's generally full of things that are confusing. Well, and I think the, I think the story, the point, you know, Mm -hmm. like if, uh, because I know that there are a couple of 
priests that listen to this show. And I, and the, that job is to tell those stories in a way like that has the impact of our art history classes. Right? Like <laughs> oh, I see. Ooh, every, good one. Every, Every day, Damn it, somebody's going to hear that story for the first time and go, whoa, I see. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, if you put every, if you get all the corners in the frame, then all of a sudden it looks like a, you know, like I get, the, I get why things are beautiful. If now. Jesus was selfish like me. He could have just said, no, I just want to go straight up there and sit next to you. And instead, like the whole point is like, whether you, however you feel about this, I don't have a dog in this fight, but it's a very, it's a very big and moving story to go that the coolest guy ever decided to take one for me. And the least I can do is, you know, help him out. That's right on the cover page of, of the Extreme Teen Bible. The coolest guy ever decided to take one for me. <laughs> Hang on, let me turn my chair around. Turn my baseball cap. <laughs> turn my pointy pope hat around. Hey, guys, let's wrap. Hey, guys, let's wrap. <laughs> Uh, there's so much I miss about church. I miss miss the potluck. Um, and and afterwards there was a giant potluck. Oh yeah, and all the cakes and all the. What'd you guys bring? Coffee. Oh well, it was a potluck of people that are in the church. I oh, was just, I, was just, I see. I was just stopping I by. S- uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't know about the potluck. Mm-hmm. But after, I guess take oh, a penny, I, leave a penny, unless you know, you're I, busy. it was stone soup, is what I and I brought the stone. Oh, you brought the stone. Okay, yeah. that's good. <laughs> I, brought, I brought the stone water. <laughs> stone water would be a good name for a division for uh, that, for boomers. Sto- why is that not a band? Stone water. Wait, that sounds like a band. It does sound like a band. Stone water. It sounds like somebody who would eventually be in a band with Eddie Vedder. Stone Gossard. Oh, and then it, water. Uh, we got Bong Water. I think that's uh, Ann Magnuson was in Bong Water, if memory serves. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. I don't remember who Anne the guy Magnuson. was. I mainly I had a big crush on Ann Magnuson. That's Bong Water. Stonewater could also be the band in, uh, I want to say, uh, what's that fucking uh, Cameron Crowe movie? Yeah, they, they were called. John song. They were called Sweetwater. Sweetwater. I think that's where you buy music equipment now. Uh, you do. You can get the, you can get it there. And I, and I, what I found out later was that, you know, there always was a Seattle band named Sweetwater. Uh, but there was actually like, I guess a seventies band called Sweetwater too. It really sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. But Stonewater, that's Stonewater. I think that's better. We might need to copyright that or trademark that or something. Yeah. Stonewater. Stonewater. I mean, did, Have you guys heard the new Stonewater? Did you look it up at, to see if. No. If there is a Stonewater? I can't have my heart broken again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. You can look, but don't tell me. No, don't look. I'm not going to look. Don't look.